First Corinthians chapter 6. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. There's a good phrase. Be not deceived. Let's say it together. Be not deceived. Try it again. Amen. Be not deceived. Neither. Those are people that have a sexual relationship outside of marriage. Nor idolaters. Those are people that worship other gods than Jehovah God and Jesus Christ. Nor adulterers. That's someone who's married who's having sex outside of their marriage. Nor effeminate. You know what that is, a homosexual or feminine spirit. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards. Nor revilers, that's one you might not know. Revilers, the word means to criticize in an angry or insulting manner. A reviler. You know, there's a lot of reviling going on nowadays. A lot of reviling of politicians and a reviling of the news media. In fact, there's a lot of Christians involved in reviling. A lot of people that are called Christians that are reviling. You know, we need to watch it. Amen? That's serious. This is, this is in a list of sins here. Reviling. You're supposed to be peaceable. Amen. It's very interesting, isn't it? To criticize our, our, in an angry or insulting manner. Yes, we can have differences of opinions, but to just demean people and criticize and run people in the ground is not of God. Neither revilers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were. Everybody say were. You know, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. How many know we're called to be different than this world? Amen? Such were some of you. Amen. We need to see that, that there's some things that we were, but now we are something different. Praise God. How am I doing? Should I drop this down? Or I'm doing okay. All right. Such were some of you, but ye are washed. How many know that Jesus' blood washes us from our sins? Cleanses us from our sins. You know, I, when I came to the Lord, he said, precious is the blood of the Lamb which was shed for you. He washes us through his blood. The sins that we had were cleansed of. The unrighteousness that we had, we're cleansed from. That's good news, praise God. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases, too. And he says, such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified. Sanctified means set apart, holy. We are a set-apart people. You notice in the Bible, whenever Paul would write his letters, he would say, to the saints, it means sanctified ones, to the set-apart people. We're a set-apart people. Amen. We're not to be like the world. Uh, Corinthians, of course, is written to the church at Corinth, and Corinth would be like Las Vegas, you know, Sin City. Corinth was the Sin City capital of the world. People would go there for a a sin vacation, uh, for sexual things. There was actually a temple there that 
was full of prostitutes, temple prostitutes. So <clears throat> that was a place for debauchery and immorality, but there was a church there, amen? But the problem was that the church in Corinth was not as much influencing Corinth as Corinth was influencing the church. And so there was a lot of problems with sexual immorality, and that's what, that's what Paul is addressing here. He's telling them, hey, you are a sanctified people. You're a holy people. And, you know, this is a message for the church of Jesus Christ in America today and around the world, that we are a sanctified people. We're a holy people. Amen. We're not supposed to be involved in pornography, cheating on our wives, and stealing and theft and debauchery and, and reviling. I mean, we're to be the set-apart holy people. Can I have an amen? A pure people. We're called to purity and holiness. And so this is what Paul is, is ministering to this church. And it's interesting to me because Paul, you know, he's the apostle of grace. He's the one that told us that we're justified by believing in what Jesus did. And sometimes people take that message and they say, well, if, if we're justified by what Jesus did, we can do whatever we want and live any way we want. And we've got a lot of immorality in the church today. And it ought not to be, Amen. And it's because we're not really seeing the reality of who God is and what he's like in his holiness. And so I hope to encourage us today in this. I mean, maybe this message doesn't apply to any of us, but I think we all need to take a look at our lives and just see where do we fit and are we allowing things in our lives that are not pure and not uh, not pleasing to the Lord. Amen. But we are to be that sanctified people. He says, you are sanctified. You are justified, which means all your sins are washed away <clears throat> by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You know, the Holy Spirit does a work of holiness. He is the Holy Spirit. Amen. He is the, the set apart, holy. God is holy and God lives in us. Praise the, praise the Lord. And we need to yield to the holiness of God. Paul says, all things are lawful unto me. But all things are not expedient. All things are lawful to me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy. Or that word there, destroy, means bring to naught. Eventually, you know, all these physical things will not matter. Both it and them. Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. You know, your body's for the Lord. Sometimes we have the idea of, you know, spiritual things just pertain only to the things of the Spirit and so on. But God is interested in your body. Your body belongs to the Lord. Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. Praise God. God is for your body. Jesus is for your body. And God has both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. Verse 15, know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall we then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he that is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication, every sin. That a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body 
is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Praise God, you know, the Lord used to have a temple over in Jerusalem. (laughs) And, you know, they were to keep that place holy. Now, we are the temple. Amen? So wherever you go, the temple goes. Amen? You're taking the temple, praise God. And we are to keep the temple holy, praise God, that people can say, can see the holiness of God in us. Everywhere I go, I run into people that say, I'm a Christian, I follow the Lord, and then they're living with somebody. I'm married. I'm going, what? That's not what my Bible teaches. We've gone away from the word of God (laughs) and gone into the ways of the world. Amen? We're being influenced more by sitcoms than we are by God's word. The apostle Paul, the, the apostle of grace, says, don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Amen. <clears throat> which is in you. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is in you. Which you have of God, and ye are not your own. You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Now, there's the main thought I want to bring across today is in verse 19. Ye are not your own. You are not your own. You are not your own. Think about it now. You don't belong to you. (laughs) Are you here today? You don't belong to you. You say, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to go here. I want to do it this way. God says, you are not your own. This is something we need to get across to ourselves and understand that we are to live in the will of God. You know, when I left the place that I, where I first received the Lord, which is in uh, Spring Grove, Caledonia area, south, southeast Minnesota, that's where I came to the Lord. And we had a fellowship of ex-hippies there. And that's where I got started with the Lord. But then the Lord moved us to the opposite end of the state, up to northwestern Minnesota. And I remember when I was leaving, uh, they prayed for us. And there was a prophecy from a man named Denver Jones. He was actually known as a prophet. He's, he's with the Lord now. From uh, He's from Wales, actually. He was from Wales. Anyway, he prophesied, and I remember, I could share a lot of other things about it, but things that we've seen in our ministry. But one of the things he said, he says, you're going to learn that the will of God is the most important thing. That stuck with me. You're going to learn that the will of God is the most important thing. Amen. We're talking, folks, about a kingdom. The first verse we read here, It says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? So, what's a kingdom? But it's the domain of a king. So, if you're not living for the king, you're not in the kingdom. I mean, it's by definition, right? And we're in a spiritual kingdom, you know? It's not something physical. It's not, well, I'm a Christian because I live in the United States doesn't work that way. Amen. We're in a spiritual kingdom. And that by definition, that means that we're under the king or under the lordship 
of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? <clears throat> so everybody say, you're not your own. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you're not your own. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, now let's flip back to uh, Mark in the first chapter. So this is a serious message, but I want to preach it happy because we have good news. God forgives all our sins. Hallelujah. Whatever you repent of, he'll forgive you. Even if you mess up after you're a Christian, which all of us have, amen, he forgives us. Why? He says, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And there is no, no one in the body of Christ that's achieved sinless perfection. But I want to say something now. There's a difference between following the Lord and not. Hello? There's a difference between following the Lord and not. And God knows that difference. <clears throat> you know, the scripture said, the Lord knows those that are his. He knows those that are following him. You know, I was just talking to the Lord uh, this morning. And I said, Lord, I haven't done everything right, but I'm following you. And I continue to follow you. And I assure you that <laughs> I belong to you. you. You know, I am yours, Lord. Amen? So it's not about sinless perfection, because we've got this problem called our flesh that keeps messing us up. But it's about a heart after God, uh, a willingness, a choice from the will to follow the Lord. You know, it said in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen? So by walking after the Spirit, I'm not in condemnation. Yeah, I mess up. I make mistakes. Sometimes I kick myself for some of the mistakes I make and things I say. And, and, and Lord, help me. I want to grow in perfection. I want to become more like Jesus every day. Amen? But there is a difference between those who are following the Lord and those that are not. We've got to determine, am I on that bandwagon or not? Or am I on the path? Am I a follower of Jesus? Or am I just mouthing something that says, hey, I'm a Christian. I go to XYZ Church. Or am I really choosing to follow the Lord? Amen? I want you to notice in the, in the book of Mark, Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, in verse 14, Jesus is, here's the first recorded words of Jesus in the book of Mark. Mark's the very, the, Mark's the concise gospel. You know, 16 chapters, bang, 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 life of Jesus, how to get saved, everything you need, right here, Mark. Mark chapter 1, verse 14, now after John was put into prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. I like that. You know, in Matthew 20, uh, 24, verse 14, it says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, and then shall the end come. Jesus preached the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. Amen. You know, the good thing about the kingdom is in the kingdom, the devil's defeated. Amen. I mean, that's good news. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. But if you're a human being and you're yielding to Satan, then that, that destruction of the devil is not going to work because you're giving place to him. Amen. 
So Jesus says, you know, he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What's the next word? What? Repent. 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 What's that mean? Get a new direction in your life. Amen. Repent. And believe the gospel. Two things. Repent and believe the gospel. Two things. Repent and believe the gospel. Now, when I was a child, my mother was a Christian believer, a Baptist, and she took me to her Baptist church. Praise God. And when I was there, I heard the gospel. I heard about how Jesus died for my sins according to the scripture, that I'm a sinner, I need salvation, I need forgiveness. Praise God. And I remember one Easter Sunday when I was uh, nine years old, I was in church, and my dad was there. My dad was one that would go on Easter, Christmas, sometimes. He was not a church-going man, but I did get to pray with him before he died for salvation. But anyway, he was there that Sunday morning, I remember, and I was sitting in the pew, and the preacher was talking about the resurrection, and the Holy Spirit touched my heart. And I went forward when I was nine years old, and I prayed what they called the sinner's prayer, and I, I believe it was a genuine experience in God. It was a genuine step towards God. But... I didn't really repent. I didn't really surrender to the Lord. I didn't really make a choice to turn around. The gospel touched me. Thank God for that. I, so, you know, I got to believe the gospel part. But I didn't get the repent part. So then, as I went on, my friends started to have more of an influence on me than Jesus. And I got into more and more sin in my high school years. And then in college years, I got into drugs. A lot of different sins. And so it wasn't until I was 27 years old that God spoke to me these words. He said, turn from the things of the world. I heard his voice. Sometimes people need to hear God's voice. You know, when you minister to people, give place for the Holy Spirit to do his part. Amen. To work. Because when God speaks to someone and it brings conviction in their heart, it'll bring change, it'll bring a conversion. Well, when God said to me, Turn from the things of the world. I was so awestruck by what he had spoken to me that I just surrendered my life to the Lord right there. And I said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I will. Right that moment then, everything changed. Amen? It's like a connection took place there and a miracle took place in my life. I was instantly delivered from drugs and alcohol. I, my whole countenance, my whole outlook, everything in my life was totally changed. I mean, he's still working on me. Don't misunderstand. Uh, he's, he's got a lot of work to do on me. But there was a dramatic change. I was a new creature. Amen. And the Lord said, precious is the blood of the lamb, which is shed for you. He let me know this is not, you know, just about your will, but it's about my power through my blood, that my blood was shed for you, that now all your sins are washed away. And he said, I give you a new life. Uh, free from the bonds of iniquity, taught me that, hey, I don't have to be a slave to sin. I can have a new life now. And then he told me to live a holy life. Amen. 
So when he says repent and believe the gospel, that's very real to me. I understand that. That that is what's necessary for someone to really walk in the kingdom of God, to be born again. You must be born again, Jesus said. And that requires faith in what Jesus did and repentance. Amen. Now, maybe I'm preaching to the choir today, but that's okay. Because maybe you can preach it to somebody else if you don't need it. Hallelujah. Repent and believe the gospel. Now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. I think one of the other gospels says it. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say, now get a four-star education in XYZ seminary, and then you can evangelize. (laughs) Just one requirement, follow me. Just sell out. (laughs) How can we reach the world if we're not sold out ourselves? If we're not really following Jesus, how are we going to convince anyone else? Amen. How are we going to see the miracle power of God if we're not really following Jesus? I mean, this is so basic to everything. We must surrender to the Lord and follow his will for our lives, not our own. So he talks to these fishermen and says, come after me and I'll make you fishers of men. They left their nets. They left their father. They left everything behind. They put Jesus on the front burner. They let him be Lord of their lives, and they followed him. Praise God. And they became fishers of men. They became revolutionaries in the spiritual realm, and they changed the world. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, because that's what it takes. That's what's needed uh, to make this thing work. Can I have an amen? Okay, let's go to Matthew 6. Jesus is teaching on prayer. And Luke, uh, he says, teach us to pray. And then he gives Jesus, or they said to him, teach us to pray. And then he, he teaches him. And Matthew uh, gives a little more complete version of the prayer. So I'm using that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Jesus says, after this manner. By the way, he didn't say, recite this prayer. Now, it's okay to recite it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying some people, it's just all, well, we're going to recite this, the Lord's Prayer. We're going to recite it. We're going to recite it. We're going to recite it. No, he says, after this manner. This is, this is the uh, general format, the outline, the idea, the gist of how to pray. Right, Stuart? Amen. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father. Who do we pray to? Our Father. We have a Father. Jesus came to teach us about our Father. When Jesus died on the cross for us and he rose again, he made a way for us to be in the family of God, to be children of God, to have an identity that's so powerful. A world-changing identity. We are world changers because we're in the family. We have the spiritual DNA of God. We have been restored uh, through Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. 
And he says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, hallowed is to be holy, to recognize his holiness. You know, sometimes when we're worshiping, we sense that holiness of God, don't we? How he is a holy God. It's it's not a frivolous thing. It's the master and the creator of the universe. You know, the angels in heaven go, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. He's so holy. And he is to be reverenced. You know, in Malachi, he says, if I'm a father, where's my honor? You honor your natural father, how much more me? God is to be honored. He's to be reverenced. We need to see him as he really is. So when Jesus taught to pray, he said, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name, Father. You are to be reverenced. You know, it's like a, uh, it's almost like two sides of the coin. You've got the Father. Oh, you know, uh, Abba, Father. It's, a, it's almost a casual, you know, Abba, Daddy. But at the same time, he is to be venerated and reverenced and, and feared. This is the holy, awesome God, creator of the universe. After this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father, which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. The first thing is that it's a prayer of consecration. It's a prayer for his will, for his kingdom to come forth. And how can I pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done for Avoca, if I don't pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Tom, in Ted. What town do you live in, Ted? Bolda. Folda, okay. How can, how can we pray thy kingdom come for Folda unless we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Ted? Amen. How can we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the United States unless we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Tom? It starts right here. It starts in my heart. Lord, be my king. Be my ruler. Be my Lord. Amen. And so that's how Jesus taught this consecration of our lives, our family. Lord, your kingdom come in my family. Oh, I cry for my family. Praise God. Lord, your kingdom come in my family. Give us this day our daily bread. Hallelujah. Yeah, Lord, you take care of all our needs. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, it, it's, a, it's a very thorough, all-inclusive prayer. You know, and very simple, very simple, praise God. It's not always so complicated. And lead us not, uh, Young's literal translation there says, do not allow us to be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You're so powerful, Lord. You know, I, in my prayer, many times I'm looking for something for the Lord. I'll start talking to him about how great he is. You know, if I need his power, I'll say, oh, Lord, you're so powerful. You're so powerful. 
Because, you know, it says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm talking about his power. I'm talking about what he's made available to me. Or if I need wisdom. Oh, Father, you're so, you're so wise. You're so wise. You're so wise. You know exactly how to lead this church forward. You're so wise. You know exactly how to lead our ministry forward. You know exactly how to help me raise my family. You know, Lord, exactly. You're so wise. You're so wise. Thine. That's a good way to, and I like that. That's why I went to the Matthew one, because it, I don't think the Luke one doesn't have that. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So be it. Praise God. Let's look at a portion of scripture in the uh, in the book of Isaiah, the Old Testament. A man whose life was changed when he saw the Lord. Isaiah chapter 6. <clears throat> and we'll read verses uh, 1 through 8, I believe. Isaiah speaking, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord (laughs) sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. He said, I had a vision of the Lord. I saw the Lord. I believe that's Jesus, because in uh, John 12, 41, it says that Isaiah saw his glory, referring to Jesus. So let me take that how you want, but he, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. I mean, know the Lord is high and lifted up. See, we need a higher view of God because the church, well, how do I word this? Some folks have tried to bring God down to their level and it doesn't work. He's high and lifted up. He's holy, holy, holy. And the the prophet saw him, saw his glory. Oh, and his train filled the temple. I mean, everything was God. You know, when you get to heaven, everything will be God. (laughs) It'll be God-saturated, amen? And it says that today we have the earnest of his inheritance. And the more that we recognize God for who he is, the more our lives will be transformed. Amen? A low view of God will cause us to be crippled spiritually and cause us to be blind spiritually and cause us not to be able to walk in all that God has for us. Amen? There's some things that are being taught that are more like psychology than the power of God. We need to see the glory of God. We need to see him as he really is. Can I have an amen today? And above it stood the seraphims. Each had six wings, and with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full. Of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And I'll tell you something, folks, it wasn't smoke and mirrors. Amen. It wasn't some 
a vapor machine on a stage. It was the glory of God in that place. And the power of God shook that place. And I think in the book of Acts, how that the power of God was in that place. And the place shook where they where they were together and they were praying. They prayed for the Lord to stretch forth his hand to heal in the name of his holy child, Jesus. And the place was shook by the power of God. Hallelujah. I just feel like God could shake this place today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You say there's not enough people here. Don't matter how many people. God's here. Hallelujah. I tell you, God's here. And he can shake this place. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you for his power, Lord. Your power in this place. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Then said I, Isaiah, woe is me. I am undone. (laughs) I mean, I'm coming apart at the seams here. You know, when you have this kind of experience, I mean, you'll never be the same. I described that experience I had in 77. I mean, I've never been the same. When you experience God as he really is, you will not be the same. He says, whoa, me, I'm, I'm done. You know, you might think you're pretty good that you get in his presence and you're going to get shook loose <laughs> of everything. <laughs> and he says, I am undone. Why? Because I am a man of unclean lips. Right away, he started to see his faults. He started to see his sins. A conviction came. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He started to see the sins of society and the people around him. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And I think about uh, Peter when, when the Lord did that miracle you know, with the fishes. And, he said, and Peter said, depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. You know, when you see the glory of God... It does something to you. But praise God. God does not condemn you. Amen. When you repent, he'll forgive you. Amen. What did did the Lord say? Fear not. From now on, you'll fish for men. He gave him a future. Amen. And and he loosed him into his destiny. Then flew one of the seraphims to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off. Off the altar, the fire of God touched him. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. And also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And an evangelist was born. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I was a young Christian, I used to love to read Isaiah. And, you know, the prophet Isaiah. And I thought, well, I must be a prophet. I like the prophet Isaiah so much. I must be a prophet. You know. But I found out later that Isaiah is the evangelist prophet. See? So I think that was the evangelist heart that was beating in me back then. Because Isaiah is always, you know, he's preaching the good news. He, he's, you know, he's bringing the reality of the sinfulness of man, but then also giving the answer of the good news of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? Well, one more scripture, and then we'll conclude or 
see what else God has. But anyway, Matthew chapter 11, I love this. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 11. <clears throat> Jesus, the great Redeemer, hallelujah, says Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, there's something about surrendering to the Lord that brings a rest to your soul. I mean, all the other details may not be worked out. But when you just say, Lord, I'm yours, whatever, whatever you want for me, where you want me to go, what you want me to say, what you want, when you surrender like that, it just, it just brings a peace. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me as Lord. Let me be your Lord and Master. Notice he says, I will give you rest. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So the yoke is, again, surrendering to his will, being connected to his purpose for your life. And the yoke, of course, was a for two oxen being yoked together. Amen? And when you're yoked to the Lord and surrender, then he's next to you. Amen? And then his power can work in you. As long as you're kind of wrestling with that, you're in a struggle. Amen? You're just kind of in a struggle, you know, where you're trying to perform as a Christian, be good enough, you know, you know, just do, do everything right. But, you know, when you just say, here I am, Lord, I surrender to you. There's just something about it that brings a rest, that brings a peace, that brings a new strength, that brings a new beginning into your life, amen, that will empower you. And to go forth in his name. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. Think of it. The God, here's the God of the universe in the flesh. He says, I'm lowly. I'm meek. I'm not walking in pride. I've humbled myself. Here's your way to have power in your life. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And he says, I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is really hard. It's really tough. Is that what it said? You guys are supposed to correct me when I read something wrong, you know. This is a Bible-believing church, right? I'm sure Pastor John taught you <laughs> the correct word of God. For my yoke is easy, my burn is light. Quit struggling. <laughs> Get in the yoke. Let him have his way. And the best is yet to come. Can I have an amen? 
Well, let's just pray a little bit. Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much. Lord, I've just enjoyed your word this morning. I hope your people have too. It's just been refreshing. And I don't believe there was any compromise in it. It's just exactly what it says. Come unto me. Repent. Believe the gospel. It's all there, Lord. You have provided all. We can't do anything to earn our salvation. You just want us to surrender and let you have your way. I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for each and every heart that is here, Lord. And uh, we just want to surrender, Lord. We just want to let you have your way in Jesus' name. Uh, I'd like to give an invitation today. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or have been for 50 years. But just, let's just do that where he said, come unto me. Okay? I want to just invite you to come and stand. We're going to have a short prayer. And just, just to come to Jesus and surrender today and just let him have his way. Would you just come and stand? Just stand up here. Let's have a kind of a... A row, just stand in front, and we're going to pray together. That's kind of the way I see this today. I invite you to come to Jesus. Hallelujah. First time, or you did it a hundred times, we're not, it's not really a salvation call. Recognize most of you are probably already saved. But I just invite you, just if you want to come, come to Jesus today. And let him have his way. Just come and stand before the Lord. Stand before the Lord. Just say, here I am, Lord. Coming to you, Lord. Why don't you just, just repeat after me. Just say, here I am, Lord. Coming to you. You said, come to me. I come to you, Jesus. I take your yoke upon me. I surrender to you. I say, your will be done. Your kingdom come in my life as it is in heaven. I belong to you, Lord. I follow you, Lord. I surrender all, Lord. Thank you. Take my life, Lord, and use it for your glory. Thank you for your rest. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your presence in my life. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I just thank you for the holiness of God. I thank you for your presence and your power coming upon your people. I thank you. It's a new day, a freshness, a refreshing. You said, repent, be converted, that your sins might be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I just thank you for refreshing each one, Lord, in the precious holy name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Their sins are forgiven. Iniquity, the power of iniquity is broken. Hallelujah. They're empowered by your Holy Spirit, Lord God. And they are fishers of men and women. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I break every stronghold that would be against them, every lie of Satan. In the name of Jesus, I say, these are the people of God. Hallelujah. 
be loosed and be free in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, thank you for healing diseases. You forgive all our iniquities. You heal all our diseases. Thank you, Father, for the forgiveness of sins and healing of the bodies. And I thank you, Lord, for delivering from all anxiety as well. And I pray a spirit of wisdom. Lord, we're just claiming everything. You wanted everything from us. You just wanted us to surrender. Here we are. Lord, we want everything you've promised. We thank you for that. We thank you for wisdom. Thank you for wisdom in the affairs of life, business dealings, financial dealings. Thank you for wisdom in in relationships. I thank you for wisdom in raising families or influencing grandchildren or great-grandchildren. I thank you, Lord, that you give wisdom. I thank you for you give wisdom in ministry, those who have the calling on their life but don't know how to proceed. I thank you for wisdom. And, Lord, above all, I claim that promise of rest and peace. And we just say the struggle is gone, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Be loosed into your destiny like never before, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's a new day breaking. There's a new day breaking on the horizon, saith the Lord. Because you have come before me, I see. I see the struggles that have been in your heart, but I say there's a new day breaking. And it's of me. I'm bringing a dawn, a dawning of a new day. So look to me, the author and the finisher of your faith. For I have begun a good work, but yea, I will complete it. I will complete it. So look to me, says the Lord, not only as an author, but the finisher. And I will finish what I have begun. And I will continue to work in your life. And I will be there every day. When the sun comes up, think of me. A dawning. It's a dawning of a new day. A freshness is here for you, saith the Lord. Drink of the rivers of my pleasure. Enjoy me. And even as I enjoy you. Yeah, I enjoy you, says the Lord. I enjoy your fellowship, and I love you. And I say unto you, enjoy what I have done for you. For I am in the position of the blessor, and you are the ones that are blessed of me, saith the Lord. Hallelujah! Yeah, and even a new strength will come. Even in areas of physical weakness, strength will come. Look to me for it, for it's a new day. New day is dawning, said. Hallelujah. 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 No, don't hearken to the old voices of despair and discouragement and that which would pull you back into the past and to defeat. Do not listen, said. For I am your comforter and I am even your conqueror. You go forth in my name and conquer, saith the Lord, for I am with you. Ah! <clears throat> for have I not said it's expedient for you that I go away? For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. Well, I say, the Comforter has come. He is here. He lives in you. Ah! He is more than you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
Did somebody praise the Lord? Thank you for listening to this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. More teachings, podcasts, and reports are on our website at tomshanklin.org. You can also reach us by mail at Tom Shanklin Ministries, Post Office Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002, USA.